Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree, this podcast version of To A Certain Degree. The original show aired on September 14th, 2020. It features some of my favorite people. And in case you didn't know, when something airs on WPRK, we can't say do this or do that. We have to say, I suggest you do this or I encourage you to do that. But in this case, since this is part of the podcast and not the show, I, 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 I'm telling you, to go and learn more about these guests, Paul, Peter, Scott, and Victoria, who you'll hear about in a moment. So there, I strongly worded it for you. Thanks for listening. Hello, you're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Chargudiu. This is episode 197. I'm the person that you will hear on this podcast, but not the only person. That's because this is a weekly radio show on WPRK, where I get to talk to people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. Central Florida is home to what seems like an unlimited supply of talented and remarkable people. For this episode, I've pulled some great clips from past interviews with guests including Paul Driscoll of Page 15, Peter Von Taborski of Scotch and Good Conversation, Scott White of Rise Above Tattoos, and the macrame mama, Victoria Walsh. Let's start with Victoria. One thing I like to ask people in general, but especially people I'm interviewing, is how they self-identify. As a community artist, I would say, I went back and forth between a macrame artist and a fiber artist, and I've just decided to clump it into a community artist because I don't just macrame. Sometimes I do little hike and weaves or just other kid projects around town, and really the whole goal is to get people in the community anybody, you know, different income levels, um, different people from all sorts, different places in society, mm-hmm. like over in Baldwin Park or over at UCF or over at Dr. Phillips and just pulling them together for a little workshop or a community art installation. That's really what's, what's cool to me, teach them something new and have them walk away with a, holding a piece of something they didn't think they could do. And then they did it and they're really proud of themselves. And at the end of the class, everybody's really happy and just holding their new macrame baby that's this really special special feeling to give everybody it's a community artist yeah yes that's great Uh, well and i love that because i think it ties into you know looking at the schedule of events that you have so for example coming up this saturday is the event over at lou gardens so people get not only an introduction to macrame they get to go to lou gardens which maybe they didn't go to before that's true or the art and history museum of maitland or you know those sorts of events that you're doing which is really about community so i think that's Mm -hmm. very cool yeah i love offering them at different venues around town different museums that i like different gardens Mm -hmm. even different bars sometime for a fun night out or even just different boutiques maybe we do some shopping and some macrame but it is fun to just get to know a lot of the local business owners and resources in the community and have people join me on macrame journeys at these different venues. So somebody might have made a macrame pillow at Blue Bonnet and then came back for a plant hanger at Retromended and they're going to wrap trees with me at the Art and History Museum of Maitland. But it keeps them going around and trying different things, mm-hmm. you know, unified underneath a group of of makers. So it sounds like you've gotten a pretty good response from the community in terms of participation. It's It's been overwhelming and I feel so lucky to be able to do this. I don't know many other cities that I'd be able to make a living doing this. I, mm-hmm. I don't have another job. I'm able to do this full time. Between the workshops that I have and the private parties and the commissions, Orlando has really 
giving me a platform to make it happen. And they've had a great overwhelming response. Now there's even other macramayers in town that are offering workshops too. So you can see that it's catching on and fiber arts is just a growing thing and it's great. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, did you go into this with, uh, okay, this is my plan. I'm going to do this and then this is going to happen. And then, uh, because I see you working on a lot of different things. So you have, as I mentioned, I met you at an event. So you actually had a booth there. Um, you do the events at different places. You do uh, the parties and the custom stuff. Did you have an idea that you were going to have all these lines or did you just start out and say, okay, I'm going to start this and we'll see what happens? I think it was a little bit of both. I started out just wanting to do custom commission pieces. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends over at Little Indies, Kate, she was a bartender. She's moved, which is sad. But she used to teach dream catcher workshops and she encouraged me to try to do a macrame workshop. And so my first one was at Little Indies and it it sold out. And so then we did another one and it sold out. We did another one and it sold out. And I was like, hey, there's a, this might be a thing here. And then I found out that I was pregnant. And so then that really motivated me to try to figure out how to make this something that I can make a living off of. So then I started venturing out to other local businesses and tried to host workshops there with them. I partnered mm-hmm. with Lou Gardens. Um, and then the Art and History Museums of Maitland has really giving me a lot of resources there as well. And it just kind of has all fallen into place. Um, so I did start with just wanting to make custom pieces, but really the, the community workshop has been a surprise, but it's, it's been a very welcome surprise. That's really made it for me. What about, so in terms of advice for entrepreneurs or, or artists who are out there kind of looking around and going, maybe they don't need to, or maybe they're not going to try to make it their only source of income, but they're still trying to do something on the side, right? So you have your, and I hate calling it a side hustle because I feel like when it's a creative outlet and it's something that you love to do, then it's not a side hustle. Then your your job is the side hustle. Right. And this is, you know, your passion project. So if somebody wants to pursue that passion project, is there any advice you would have for them? Just partner with the community. I think that it's all about empowering each other. You know, for me, I would I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have the places that let me host my workshops behind me and, and helping to market that. In the beginning, I didn't have a lot of followers on Instagram, so mm-hmm. I'd be really reliant on on the venue themselves to push it for me because they're the ones with all of the followers. And so if you don't have that relationship with other business owners, you won't really get that far um, just because people don't know you yet, but just keep going and have passion behind it. I found that when I'm teaching, my passion really comes out and it's contagious. You know, then people, they want to have that same feeling connected with something. And and that I think really is, is the money maker, so to speak, because that's what you're selling is this like new coping skill to just make and create and be happy and be a part of the community. And I have had people message me on Instagram asking how how I'm doing it and I give them that that same advice. Just know your know your neighbors. And have a genuine interest in growing in the community together. So genuine interest. Genuine. Hold on, let me write that down because yes, that's something genuine. That I'm There's a cool shirt around town that says, you know, like community over competition. Sure. And you have to you have to believe that. Yeah. You know, we have other macrame workshops in town and I think that's that's awesome. I don't I can't view that as a negative thing. I can just view that as there's now this need, obviously, for macrame and, and that's great. And so we just encourage each other and try to 
respect each other's kind of territory and mm -hmm. groups of people that they work with and, and do our own thing and build macrame together. You're listening to a certain degree, and that was Victoria Walsh from a July 2018 interview. Let's talk about community and need for a minute. On her website, macramemama.com, Victoria offers a line of do-it-yourself macrame kits and supports local organizations at the same time. For example, every purchase of a macrame plant hanger also includes a kit donated to the Boys and Girls Club of Central Florida. More than 500 of those kits have been donated so far. A portion of sales on her keychain kit goes towards the Maitland Arts Center. 30% of the proceeds from the macrame pet collar kit are donated to the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. Get crafty, support the community. Visit macramemama.com, M-O-M-M-A.com, to learn more about those kits, a whole bunch of new ones that are coming out this month, and everything else she's working on. I'm Nick Chorgudiu. This is WPRK. If you like the intimate interview podcast format, you may already know local raconteur Peter Von Taborski. He likes talking to people and shares those conversations on his podcasts, Scotch and Good Conversation, as well as Dinner and Good Conversation. He's a funny guy, so you're in for a treat when you listen. I guess then it's a treat for your ears and your brain and maybe your hands if you want to gesticulate wildly along with the recording. Here's an excerpt from an interview with Peter where we talk about something really close to his heart and, and his ears. Let's talk about music for a second. We should do that. It's important to you. Yes, it is. It's uh, You've DJed, you've worked at record stores. Yes. You were just looking, we're in the library at WPRK. You're just looking around, probably recognized most, if not all, of the bands here. All of every single one. Every single one, or at least you could read them because yeah. uh, they're labeled. Yeah. But uh, how does that work into your creative process? How does that work into just your day-to-day like, how do you consume music at this point in your life? You know, it's funny because uh, I just asked you how old you were, and I won't tell the kids, but uh, I'm uh, six years older than you. Do you find yourself not listening to music as much as you did when you were younger? Uh, maybe not as much, but I felt like when right around 2000, I always liked soundtracks, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what I liked about soundtracks was it just wasn't the same band. It yeah. was there's some variety. It was a mixtape before there were mixed it's hit. It's always hit or miss, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, you can have some really bad ones, but yeah. if you get a really good one, it feels worth it. When you could start burning your own CDs and making your own mixes, uh, I really felt like I stopped listening to full albums. Yeah, see, I like a full album experience because yeah. I look at it as if as if it's a play or a book or something. It and was I, a story, right? Yeah, this is the way they intended it to be consumed. I enjoy the whole process of listening from beginning to end. And even I, I actually enjoy the flipping the record over. I, yeah. I was always part of that was the experience and reading liner notes and seeing, you know, who produced this and, you know, who came How in. How it related to some other album. That yeah. You or, or, else, or yeah. yeah, when albums like became like a whole storyline that continued on, I enjoyed that. I, I find myself as I get older and I, I've tried to fix this in the last couple of years, listening to less music and more podcasts. And now I'm, I'm uh, trying to listen to more music again. That, that Spotify thing, Mm -hmm. where it tells you how many hours of music. I was really disappointed in myself last year. So instead of uh, listening to podcasts, I, when I walk my dog in the morning, I, I listen to records now, and life has become more enjoyable. I forgot how much I missed it. Um, you familiar with the Cowboy Junkies? Of course. I, I listened to, uh, uh, what's the third record? 
it's I listened on the way here. I listened to that like three times a couple of days ago, and now I when I'm going back and ex- re-exploring the Trinity Sessions, they're actually technically second record. So good. Yeah, I know they're they're uh uh, uh and I but I also try not to go back and listen to bands that I've listened to before. Most of my vinyl is stuff that I didn't own when I owned a whole lot of records. Okay, because I don't I don't need as much as I I I always talk about you too because they were one of my most important bands as a kid uh i don't need to go back and listen to joshua tree again i know it i i know it note for note i i know you appreciate it you know you know one of the best albums in terms of telling a story that i think has ever been one of the one of the reasons it was so popular yeah 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 Yeah. and i i don't i i want to look forward to new music i want to learn about new music and it's harder as you get older And and i think the climate we're in now is also harder than it was when I was a kid. And I'm not saying it's better or worse. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just it's just different. And it might be because I'm older uh, that I don't understand how things work. I'm an old man. Um, I, I, I'm I trying to consume more music and learn mm-hmm. about music and go and see bands, but I'm also exhausted because I'm old. It feels like it takes <laughs> a lot of work, right? And we were talking about earlier, like being the oldest person in a room at a show is something that's that's very strange. Yeah. But I... I, I, I People in this town will say, oh, downtown stinks now. And, and downtown doesn't stink. It's just, it's different than you remember as being as a, as a kid. The kids who are down there dancing till 2 o'clock in the morning think it's the coolest thing since sliced bread. Right. And I, I like that. I like watching it from afar, being a little older. And I feel the same way about music. I, did I turn that all the way around? And I think I answered. No, you got it. Okay, you came all it. the way cool. around on that Podcasting one. Podcasting 101, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing that that bothers me, and I'm starting to get a little bit better at it, is I've been a digital pack rat for a long time. Yeah, so yeah. just having all these, uh, you know, external hard drives of music, and I have 30,000 songs on there. Wow. I'll never delete anything. I, I deleted all of them. When I, when yeah. I, if I'm not going to listen to it, I'm never going to listen to it. I, I, you know, there's some sort of thing in my head where, well, I might need this album by En Vogue for some reason. <laughs> never going to get it, never going to yeah. get it. Yeah. I, I deleted and everything. I got why to would I need clean that? my computer out. Why would I need that on good. any level? You know what you, know what you should do else. is delete everything and put it, put new music in there. Just start over. Yeah, start over. There's, there's worlds of music. There's, there's songs by artists that, that will ne- never, ever get heard by you. And doesn't that make you sad? No, I think I'm pretty good at keeping up on new music. Yeah. Um, so I don't just listen to the old stuff, but it does feel like it is dragging me down. It is a little bit of an anchor. Just, just, un- just take, take a hammer to it. Honestly, I think that, that this is the best time to be alive from yeah. a music consumption uh, I mean, standpoint. Spotify, uh, uh, what's that other thing that starts with a P? Uh, Pandora. Pandora. I mean, it, it's any album in the world is, is yeah. out there for the most part. You know, even obscure, weird. Uh, there's a band talking about soundtracks. You ever listen to the soundtrack for Some Kind of Wonderful with Eric Stoltz? And, uh, uh, don't think so. Uh, this is not ringing a bell. It's, it's, a, it's a, a John Hughes joint. I just like mm-hmm. saying that. And, yeah. And uh, it had a, a a band called Lick the Tins on it, and they do a cover of uh, I Can't Help Falling in Love with You, and it's very, very uh, uh, Irish cover. And it's, oh, it's, nice. It's one of my favorite cover songs ever, and I got it stuck in my head a couple of days ago, and I typed in Lick the Tins, and boom, came up. Hadn't thought about that song in, in years and years and years. And you were able to just immediately and, and, listen and I, to You're it. right. It's, it's a great time to be yeah. alive musically. Yeah. And, and that's uh, so many people my age, your age, our age are – you know, well, I'm just going to go see Jimmy Buffett again, you know, because I've seen him a hundred times and it's a great show. 
But there's so many other shows. You there's, said you didn't do voices. Well, you totally did a voice. <laughs> I, 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 I thought there was a Jimmy I, Buffett fan in the room. I, I do voices. I just don't do them on my show. <laughs> I do them on your show. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, music has always been like the one thing in my life that's been a constant that that always brings me joy or even brings me sorrow. We that we talked earlier. Like, I mean, the last big concert I went to, I literally cried a little bit and I felt ridiculous. But it was it was just so moving. It was the cure. You know, how could you, yeah. you know, the disintegration was, they were playing the, the whole first side of disintegration. And then it was just a pivotal point in my life. And it was great. I love music. It makes me happy. Good. Yeah, yeah. Find Peter at scotchandgoodconversation.com on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to a show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Since appearing on WPRK in April 2018, he also started another podcast with his wife, Dee Dee, Dinner and Good Conversation, where they break bread with special guests. They have dinner and break bread. There's not always bread. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK 91.5 FM. Where is college radio? Is it in our hearts? No, of course not. It's radio. It's mostly invisible waves that are passing through all parts of your body at the same time. To a certain degree, therefore, is inside you every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m., on your FM dial at 91.5 or streaming at WPRK.org. Scott White of Rise Above Tattoos has been part of the art scene in Orlando for some time. I mean the art scene because he tattoos, he paints, he multimedias, not sure if that's a verb. Therefore, he's inspired. And like most of my guests, I want to be inspired the same way he is. As an artist, obviously, you're constantly inspired. You're never anxious about where your next idea is going to come from. <laughs> You'd like to think that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so, th- again, I think there's there's a lot of similarities between being a tattoo artist and uh, putting something, you know, painting something up on a wall. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm curious about is sort of that idea of inspiration and things of that nature. When you're working with somebody, you're being collaborative as a mm-hmm. tattoo artist, does that help a little bit more? Like when you're trying to come up with something for them, you feel like, oh, I'm working with them. I can go back and forth. I can. Well, ultimately, you want to get to a point with yourself and whatever you're doing style wise to where people want that version mm-hmm. of whatever their idea is. You know, that's success to me as a tattooer to where people can come to me and be like, I have this idea of whatever it may be, you know, a dog in a boat, you know, but I want it to look like you, your painting or your drawing. Your style, yeah. but this um, is the... Yeah, idea. and for, yeah. as a tattooer, that's kind of, that's what you want to spend your time doing, you know. You want to work on your skill to where uh, people are coming to you for that, for mm. the, you know, the Scott White version of whatever it is that they want. Um as far as whether it makes it easier, I sometimes I think it makes it harder because tattooing still is somewhat of a retail business. Um, and at because it's more popular now I th- and people do feel like they know more about it, sometimes that gets in the way of oh, having being, like a good of, relationship. Yeah, and, of being yeah. able to do what you know what they actually want. Um but they don't necessarily know. They have the idea, but they don't really know what they want. Yeah. And, and they don't know what's actually possible with 
Correct, yeah. Tattooing and yeah, the yeah. science of it. Yeah, they just know that they, oh, I saw your thing on Instagram and that was cool. You know, I follow yeah. you or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it's, so, I, it, I okay. think it's also different with every person that walks through the door. Of course, yeah. yeah the expectations so, are always different. Then take it back to painting where mm-hmm. you don't have, you're not really working with anybody. This is for you. This is, again, yeah. your outlet. It's I'm way, sure. way harder for me. I, that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Yeah. So you don't have that person. You're yeah. I, I love the, well, I love the interaction aspect of tattooing. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I like the back and forth. You know, I worked in a street shop for a, over a decade. Um, and I think that's where I definitely got, you know, I got the opportunity to figure out how to deal with people. And it was, I worked on an international drive for like 12 years and people from all over. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was, every day was kind of different as far as like who you were dealing with, trying to decipher what they may be trying to tell me. <laughs> um, it, but it, it was really great because of the amount of people that came into the shop. Um, it, I, it, kind of gave me my chops, you know, like to figure out how to make it feel less of a retail job, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as like the inspiration part, I always work better when somebody has something to start with. Yeah. When people come in, they're like, do whatever you want. You would think that's like the dream, you know, like (laughs) I can do anything, but then you start second guessing, like, you know, I have free reign and, is this the best thing that I can give them right. for myself? Right. Um, so, so take it back to the to the painting for a second. Like, what do you do when you're stuck? Is it just it, having deadlines probably helps? Yeah, definitely for me. I yeah. I work better under pressure for the most part. I think uh, my anxiety gets the best of me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like I, I ruined two pieces the day of my opening. You know, the, this opening on last Thursday because I, I couldn't stop going into the pieces. Oh, and just the editing? Yeah. yeah. And um, if it, a lot of times it works better for me to, to kind of wait, you know, until I may know about the show for three months. But if I have the three months to work on stuff, I tend to just go back and, you know, I, I, I can't cut myself off a lot of a lot of times you so can't stop yeah yeah and um the deadline definitely works best for me knowing that i have to have something finished by you know whatever day and time is always good um and it tends to keep my stuff more on the simplistic side which is mm-hmm. what i would like um i i the last few years even with tattooing it's been uh what can i cut out of what what in here doesn't need to be here you know, like, how can I make this, like, as bare bones as I can and still get the same impact of having, you know, the all of this nonsense in this design? Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with my paintings, too. Uh, I think that's why I leave a lot. Uh, as far as, like, the te- textural aspects, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I leave a lot of space. Because um, for a long time, and I put something everywhere. And my wife would come out and be like, man, you don't need all of this stuff in here. <laughs> you know, and my daughter too, you know, she'd come out and she's like, it's too busy. And it, it, it really, yeah. She, but, but it's good to have that. 
it's you know, nice because, to have it, but at the same time, because it's not. Uh, if I don't have, if I don't have some, I I always have to have a second set of eyes. Yeah, and that all day at the tattoo studio. That's how it goes. Will you look at this? Will you look at this? Will you look at this? You know, <laughs> we're all all of us yeah. are huddled around a stencil yeah. on someone's leg, looking at it. So it, it's helpful for me. Um, as far as the inspiration, going back to that, I I don't know. Like, I get in phases where I just paint the same thing over and over again, just different versions of it, mm-hmm. until I kind of run it run it out of my system, and then I'm done with that. You know, I'll just kind of be over it. Nice. And, you know, it's lived its life, and now it can go on and do whatever it's supposed to be. I'm Nick you You're listening to a certain degree. That was Scott White from Rise Above Tattoos and possibly Zen in the Art of Art. The full interview with Scott where we discuss how he got into tattooing, the therapeutic nature of art for him, and many other topics is available at toacertaindegree.com. You can also check out Scott's shop online or in person, understanding that it is appointment only right now. Rise Above Tattoo is located on Mills Avenue. You can find it also at riseabovetattoo.com. A quick update from Scott. I've honestly really loved having the time with my family, all things considered. I can't wait to get back to the shop and do some tattoos, but like all of us, I've never been able to have this kind of time with them, and it's been pretty great. His tattoo work is available on the Instagram at instagram.com slash riseabovefl. He's also under the handle large teeth at large teeth if you want to see his non-tattoo artwork. I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. There is sometimes a rhyme and reason to how I pick guests for the show. Sometimes it's the person who ran a very enjoyable writing summer camp my son participated in. That was the case with Paul Driscoll, the director of educational programs at page 15. It's one of my favorite interviews because Paul is an incredibly funny and compassionate person. You'll hear that in this next segment where I subject him to my bad business ideas. Paul. Nick, go ahead. May I call you Paul? You can. Okay. If I were to ask you what the most famous restaurant chain of all time is, what would you say? Oh, my goodness. Most famous restaurant, and that's all. Chain. Yeah. Chain. Yeah. Instinctually, I'd go with McDonald's. Right. Okay. But how about celebrity restaurant chain? Ooh. Not Kenny Rogers Steakhouse. Roasters, Kenny Rogers Roasters. Roasters. Thank I'm sorry, you. I was thinking Don Shula's. No, 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 no. Kenny Rogers Roasters. That's where I was going with it. Wahlburgers is relatively new, so that can't be it. No, no. Well, no, it's Kenny Rogers Roasters. Stop guessing. Oh, it's not. You're right. Okay, Kenny Rogers. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what I was going for. Wait, so and that was the first one I said? Yeah. That's weird. That's nice. All right, Roasters. Let's so, do it. So now, Kenny Rogers Roasters mm-hmm. failed. They closed or up shop. They? They're done. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did they? They closed up in the United States. They're actually big in uh, South Asia. Really? Yeah, huge. As a chain, they're doing really well. But what was the problem here in America? Because you're not successful unless you're successful in America. Right. Right? Right, right. So what do you think the problem was? The problem... (sighs) Right. Relevancy. Relevancy. got no variety in the food. It's roasted chicken. Or in the celebrity. It's always Kenny Rogers. It wasn't... They didn't switch them out. No, you needed that fresh face. Exactly. Okay. So what I propose to you is a chain concept like no other that does take the best element of Kenny Rogers Roasters, the musician spokesperson. Right. Maybe alive, maybe dead, doesn't matter. 
because who knows food better than musicians? True. Nobody. Inarguable. That's true. But we don't put their name on it. While we admire celebrities and we want to be celebrities, and they are better than us. True. I mean, for any Clearly. number of reasons. It obviously didn't help Kenny Rogers Roasters. No. So that's we're not going to put his name. And because I know you love a good pun, we actually base it on song names. Now you're asking yourself, that sounds great, Nick, but you promised me something innovative. So far, I've heard nothing new. You're just doing the same thing. Same old, same old roasters. Maybe you feel like you should leave, but no, sit back down, Paul. All right. Because I don't want you falling over once you hear this part. Ready. Every three months, the name of the chain company, the overarching umbrella organization, Vane Chain, trademark, changes its offerings, names, interiors completely. And the names of the restaurants are song titles and lyrics. So every three months... We just rip everything out, the chairs, the, the everything. So the every quarter, part, we just rip change it, it completely. Out. Okay, so here's the tentative order that I have so far. Okay. All right. Corn to run. We start off with corn to run. <laughs> so it's corn dog theme. I like it. We switch over to I want to hold Jersey your ham. Jersey Shore, too. That works yeah, on so yeah, many yeah. levels. I want to hold your ham, which is sandwich, right, right, maybe right, honey right. ham. I'm not sure Might yet. be hard to get the Beatles behind that. Uh, we don't have to. We don't? Because we changed the name. Oh, really? You yeah, get you away can't trademark that. a song title. America's the best. Excuse no me. Well, so next up would be a dessert place called Excuse Me While I Kiss This Pie. Mm, so back to pie. This purple haze. If it's haze. a choice, I'm already choosing that one. Yeah, yeah. So then we maybe it's a specialized produce, like organic, like a pear. Oh, instead of like, like a, pear. a pear. Yeah. Madonna. Uh, sweet box of wine would be the wine bar. Ba-da-ba-da. And then we could do a holiday wine bar if we really wanted to is YMC Beaujolais. YMC Beaujolais. If you liked it, you should have put Buffalo Wings on it, which would be the Buffalo Wings place. What, so again, what song every is that? Three, uh, that's Beyonce. Oh, so right. Again, Queen relevancy, relevancy, all that stuff. That was embarrassing. Uh, so this may only work in the Midwest. Pop in the name of love. Because that's what they mm-hmm. call soda up mm-hmm. there. It could be a soda yeah, fountain, yeah, something like that. And then... So they could do regional, possibly. Yeah, yeah, Regional yeah. turnovers. Every three months. This flexibility, I think, is the key to the whole thing. Right. Right. It seems expensive at first, like right. taking all your stuff... More expensive than region. shutting it down? No. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. Stay relevant. Yeah. Okay, I'm with and you. And then Dancing Bean would be, instead of Dancing Queen, would be uh, the coffee shop. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, okay, so let's role play for a minute. Because I think that's always good to do a little role play because that might illustrate. I'm going to how... hold on to Kenny Rogers just a little bit because it's close to my heart. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if we can fit him back in somehow. What if we revived a Kenny Rogers Roasters? The, like okay. a throwback. Maybe during took, homecoming season or something like that. What if he took one of his songs? What if we just made what, what, one of his songs was Six Pack, right? Or that was a movie. Oh, do you remember that movie? That he did? It was so good. So it could just be like a drive through liquor store. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a really, really good movie. Classic, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the song that went with that because I only know, obviously, the, the poker song. Yeah, we're going to have to. We'll do some research okay, on that one. Right, but yeah, we'll get so, back to it. Bad business ideas. Let's stay on. Okay, so role play for a minute. You're a junior executive at a big agency named Stan Skylark, and I'm your boss's boss. I'm not your boss. I'm your boss's boss. Okay, one, once removed. Stan Skylark. That's Stan you. Skylark. I'm your boss's boss, Chester Sparrow. Mr. You're Sparrow. planning, because this is this is the kind of guy that Stan Skylark is, you're planning a subtle coup on your boss, Fitzy McRobin. Okay. And you need Chester on your side. So right. first you're going to ask me, you ask me to lunch, because you're going to start broaching the topic. See if, um, okay. you know. Chester Sparrow's on board for Stan Skylark's little schemes. Okay, okay. So first, ask me to a regular chain. So I'm asking Mr. Sparrow. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a regular chain Just like a McDonald's? Yeah, like, well, I, I mean, pretend you're in the business world. I know you're an educator. Yeah, so I'm really having to stretch myself here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. maybe not a McDonald's. Right. Maybe something like that. Yeah, that might not be. So I have to, I have to choose one. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay, so I'm inviting Mr. Sparrow. Mr. Sparrow. And I'm saying, excuse me, Mr. Sparrow. Hey, Stan, how's it going? Great. How are you, sir? Great, great. What can I do for you? I was curious if you would like to have lunch with me sometime this week. I've got some great ideas for you. Oh, that would be great. Where would you like to go? I would like to not go to Kenny Rogers Roasters, but I would like to go to Sweet Tomatoes. Huh. Sweet Tomatoes, huh? Yeah, it's a salad bar chain. That sounds awful. I'm out. And by the way, I'm going to talk to your boss. So see, and scene. Ah, see, that didn't go well. Now no, ask me, let's that. do the same thing again, but ask me to go to Corn to Run. Okay. 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 I'll try. Hey, Stan. Hey, Mr. On? Sparrow. Great to see you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? I was hoping maybe we could get lunch and, uh, you know, talk about some ideas that I have. You know, I've heard you're an up-and-comer, and so that sounds fantastic. Where would you like to go? There's a great new place over on Orange called... Oh, I like new places. Corn to Run. Oh, my gosh. I love puns. Uh, Stan, I think you're in line for that promotion. I love it. Corn dogs are my thing. And scene. See? Okay. It goes really yeah, well. That works a lot So I, I like to do that because yeah. I feel like if you're going to invest in the company, then you want to... I want to sell it. I want to feel yeah, it. Yeah, you want to feel That's it. Great. That's great. That was exciting, idea. actually. That <laughs> was like, a good idea. Yeah, you want to role play some... I can get... Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> do you have costumes? I, I feel like I'm. You should always get a little costume. box of costumes over there. We could have okay. a lot of fun with this. Stan Skylark. Does Stan wear? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting into the characters now. We're developing them. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm Nick, and you can't see the smile on my face from reliving that entire segment. Paul Driscoll was the guest, and he was on the show all the way back in November, 2016, or as we like to call it now, the before times. He and the amazing team at Page 15 offer some incredible programs to encourage young writers and readers, and I encourage you to learn more about them at page15.org. That's P-A-G-E-1-5 dot org. That is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and you have a better idea of what some of the people of Orlando are all about. If you have time after you've listened to this episode and you've gone and found out more about all these incredible people, consider subscribing to the podcast. There are interviews with other great people there as well. There are a lot of amazing artists, a lot of imaginative improvisers, some magical musicians, and intelligent entrepreneurs. That was almost great alliteration the whole way. A range of humans. That doesn't sound right. Human emotions. That works. To find these gems, visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Thank you so much to my guests, Paul Driscoll of Page 15, Peter Von Taborski of Scotch and Good Conversation, and Dinner and Good Conversation, Scott White of Rise Above Tattoos, and the macrame mama, Victoria Walsh. I have been Nick Jorgudiu, and you are listening to WPRK 91.5 FM.